as uh, you're turning there, just a, just a reminder, remember this book, James is writing to Jewish believers uh, around the known world at that time. And that's why James in his book, he doesn't cover a lot of the basics of the faith, such as uh, uh, salvation by grace through faith, uh, the justification that we have through Jesus Christ, sanctification, some of these other issues. Uh, he's writing to these Jewish Christians to give them very practical, down-to-earth, challenging advice and encouragement for how to live for Jesus in the marketplace. And so that's what we're looking at uh, as we uh, go through this letter from James. But before we read, let's pray. Gracious God, thank you so much that we can gather together on a Thursday afternoon just to uh, read your word, to worship you, to honor you. And we know that it's not only in song, but as we hear your word, uh, as we receive your word, that these are also acts of worship unto you. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd surround us uh, with your Holy Spirit, open our hearts and our minds, that we would hear from you clearly and uh, know exactly what uh, you would say to us today. And I thank you for your grace and mercy that you've shown us through your son, Jesus. And I pray now, Father, that your Holy Spirit would rest on me so I could bring your word to your people today, boldly and faithfully, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. James writes here, and he says, Blessed is the man or woman who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. Well, as we go through James's letter, we are looking each week at an adjective that we might pull out of the passage that James is challenging us to uh, have describe our lives as, as Christians, as Christians living in the marketplace. And so each week we're looking at a different ad, uh, adjective or a different idea that comes out of the passage for us uh, as, uh, as we engage in the marketplace. And this week, in, in this reading, it really brings up two issues that I have seen consistently over the last 30 years, and these two issues invariably derail Christians from growing in the Lord, from following their calling, uh, from uh, receiving all the benefits that they can, uh, that they can have in Christ. Uh, and these two issues are very, very important issues for us to be looking at and examining our own lives. You know, one of the temptations we always face as Christians is looking at somebody else's life and say, oh, I wish they were present for that sermon. You know, I wish this other person heard that message because they really need it, uh, but I, on the other hand, uh, don't need it quite so much. 
And that attitude actually gets at the adjective for today, which also exposes the two issues. And the adjective for today to describe us is undeceived. James wants us to be undeceived as believers. And there are two ways that we as Christians, and remember, he's talking to Christians here. We're not talking about people in the world. There are two fundamental ways that I have seen Christians consistently deceive themselves. Two fundamental ways. James starts out and he begins to, uh, to point out the first one. Uh, he starts by recapitulating what we talked about last week. That is, blessed is the one who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the, the crown of life. So last week we talked about how important it was for us to remain steadfast, for us to persevere, for us to endure. And so he's, he's reemphasizing how important that is. Uh, but we can often miss the kinds of things that he's saying here. Because the word that he uses here for trial uh, is actually the same basic word when it comes to tempted in verse 13, uh, which is mentioned there four times. Uh, let's see. It, and also in some translations, it also says uh, tests, um, for God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one. Sometimes uh, you'll get a translation that says he tests no one. But actually those are all the same kinds of, kinds of words. Uh, And you think, well, wait a second, trial, temptation, test, uh, isn't there a word that's test there in verse 12? And and yes, it is, but it's a different word. And we can often lose this. When we were talking last week about remaining steadfast under trial, we said that trials are all kinds of challenges and temptations that we face on a day-to-day basis. Uh, when we uh, are really irritated with a coworker and we want to yell and scream at them, uh, one of, the, one of the, the tests that I'm facing right now, one of the great temptations as I walk to work is with pedestrians who are walking and doing their mobiles at the same time. Uh, and and I, just, uh, I, I just want to kind of beeline myself to those people. And when I get close enough, I say, watch out! You know, because they just drive me crazy. They just drive me crazy. You know. Anyway, I, it, it's it's one of those tests that I'm facing on a regular basis here, uh, and uh, I, I won't say that I'm actually you know cheerleading for people to get run over by cars when they walk out in the street doing that. Uh, that would be rude and sinful, and I'm not going to do that. But uh, but there are times. There are times. You know, and, and so the, we face all these things all the time, right? I mean, every single day we face these kinds of tests, these kinds of trials, these kinds of temptations. And that's all under that same word that's translated here, trial and temptation. And sometimes it's translated as test. But in the ESV that we're looking at here, uh, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. That word is different. That word is about the kind of test that you do for gold to make sure it's pure. And so James is telling us that we do need to have our faith tested, and the way that our faith is tested is by remaining steadfast under trial. 
If we remain steadfast, our steadfastness is one of the biggest tests in a godly, legitimate way that we face as Christians. But the trials, the temptations, the tests, which we are called to pray in the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation. It's the same word. Lead us not into the time of trial. Lead us not into the time of testing. That word is a different kind of concept. Now you might think, why is this important? It's important because many times when we face trials, testing, temptations of this kind, and we fail, we blame it on God. Many times what happens is that we fail to take responsibility for our own stuff. And instead, we blame it on God. And so we, 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 we have a, a struggle with alcohol. And so then we, we walk into an alcohol store and say, well, you know, the Bible says that God will not give us a, temp, uh, a temptation or test beyond what we can handle. And then you, you fall and you end up buying a bottle of alcohol and you fall back into drink. And say, so, oh, well, it was God's fault. God did that. Uh, or you're struggling with, not, with looking at the wrong thing on the internet. And so you just don't turn your computer off. And you say, oh, well, you know, that's God's fault. God didn't give me a way out. Or you lose your temper. Uh, or uh, you become very annoyed at people and you express that at work. They say, oh, well, you know, God didn't, didn't help me out of that. Or, or actually, that was the other person's fault. And what we tend to do, and one of the primary ways we deceive ourselves as Christians, is by failing to take responsibility for our junk, for our stuff, for our mistakes, for what we're doing. And that's what James is talking about here. We cannot blame God, and we cannot blame other people for our stuff. For our mistakes. And right now in our society, that's what everybody is doing. I remember seeing uh, an, over a decade ago now, I was watching the, the, the BBC and I saw an interview with a woman. And this woman had three different daughters by three different men who were all teenagers and who were all pregnant at the same time. And I remember the woman saying how it was the failure of the government to train her children right that led to the fact that they were all pregnant at the same time. And I'm thinking, lady, I don't know your situation, but I do know it's not the government's responsibility. And yet that's what people are doing all the time. They blame other people, they blame the government, they blame the boss. Uh, when it's actually our own bad behavior, our own sinfulness, and James is challenging us to take responsibility for ourselves because if we don't, we will be deceived. And so James tells us, this is how things work. We cannot blame God if we fall into temptation. We cannot blame God for the trials that we were, are facing. Most of the trials and the difficulties that we face are actually our own doing. 
And James shows us how this happens. He says, each person, verse 14, is tempted or tested or tried when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. So what happens is our desires draw us out and entice us, try to entrap us. Desire in itself is not wrong. Notice James doesn't say that desire is wrong. He doesn't say that it's wrong to want the the latest eye gadget. He doesn't say it's wrong to want a new computer. He doesn't say it's wrong to desire a, a good relationship. He doesn't say it's wrong to desire a good job. He doesn't say it's wrong to even desire money. The desire in itself is not necessarily sinful. Sometimes we as people can desire after good things. As as a, a man, I can desire after good relationships. And I want especially good relationships with men. I want to have good, healthy relationships. But the day that I desire a relationship with a woman other than my wife, I'm starting down the wrong path. Now, if that desire flares up inside of me, that desire flaring up is not sinful, according to James. But if I allow the desire to go on unchecked, then he says, when desire has conceived, when it produces something in my mind, then it will give birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown it will give birth to death. So, let's see how this happens. Uh, again, let's take a, take a computer, for example. It's not, not wrong to desire a laptop. So you see a laptop. You say, oh, oh wow, I, I think I need a new laptop. I, I desire this one. That's great. Uh, the problem is that this laptop is 3,000 pounds. I really desire the laptop. There's nothing wrong with desiring the laptop. But then you start to think, you know... Okay, I'm desiring this laptop. Why should I save for this laptop? Because by the time I'm able, I save up 3,000 pounds, uh, you know, they'll, they'll have another gadget. I know, I will just go and charge it to my credit card. I don't have enough money to pay it off, but, you know, eventually I'll be able to pay off my credit card one day. And then you desire some new clothes, then you desire a new car, and you start putting everything on your credit card, and before you know it, you have unmanageable debt... You're not able to to give to your church. You're not able to pay your rent or to take care of your other obligations. And then all of a sudden you say, well, God, why didn't you say you were going to bless me? Why didn't you bless me? It's not God's fault. Cut up the credit card. Don't do that. That's what James is saying. And if you think that you can blame God, or you think you can blame other people, you will be deceived. And if you're deceived, you will be derailed in your walk with Jesus. That's not the only way. There's a second way. And James goes on. He says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers and sisters. And again, that Greek word means both men and women. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers and sisters. Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or, or shadow due to change. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Now, in this verse, it's, it's very easy to say, well, okay, this, what's the connection here? 
The connection is the middle verse. Do not be deceived. One way people are deceived is by believing that God is tempting or testing them and blaming God or blaming other people for their own bad mistakes, for not dealing with their desires before the desire conceived and gave birth to sin and sin conceived and gave birth, and gave birth to death or fully grown gives, comes to death. The other big way that we deceive ourselves is to give ourselves too much credit. I've seen that happen time after time. Where Christians will say, well, I, I did a good job on that. Uh, I really earned that. Uh, this good that's in my life, well, it came because I, I'm, I'm, I'm a good person. It came because I'm really pleasing God. It, it came because I'm doing the right thing. I must be praying the right way. I must be giving the right way. I must be doing the right thing. And so God has blessed me because of my doing. Well, the Bible does talk about reward, and God does bless us. But James is saying here, every good and perfect gift comes from, Father, from the Father of lights. And he doesn't change in his giving of every good and perfect gift. If you have any blessing in your life, it comes purely by the grace of God in Jesus Christ. Every good thing, even if the good thing is not inherently, quote-unquote, spiritual, and the food that we get to eat, the friends that we have, the job that we have, the house that we have, all, all these things are from God. Uh, God calls us to take responsibility for ourselves, most certainly. But at the end of the day, it all comes from the Lord, especially our salvation. He's shown us that by calling us to his son, Jesus, by making us part of his family, by making us first fruits of the new creation. That means the, the first signs, the first indicators of what God is going to do. And if we start to think that the good we have in our lives comes from ourselves or our own goodness or our own abilities, uh, you can fill in the blank, or if we start to think that the bad in our lives, the trials of the testing, comes from God or comes from other people, either way we will fall into deception. And either way we will begin to wander off the path that God has for us. There are two things in my life that, as a Christian that I, I genuinely fear in a healthy sense. The first is pride, and we'll talk about that. And I fear pride because... When you're proud, God is opposed to you. That's what the Bible says. God opposes the proud. So I never want pride. I fear it. The second is deception. Because if I'm deceived, I don't know it. That's why I need my brothers and sisters in Christ. That's why I need God. But James here is telling us that we can be undeceived. And it begins by taking responsibility for ourselves. Understanding that the test that comes into our lives don't come from God or from other people. They come from us. And understanding, too, that the good in our lives don't just come from us. They actually have their ultimate source in God. And he's called us and he's blessed us. And he wants us to be undeceived. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this encouragement. I pray, Father, that you would reveal to our hearts if there are any ways that we have been blaming you or blaming others 
for trials and temptations in our lives. Uh, And Lord, show us how to take responsibility for our own mistakes, for our own wrongdoing, for our own ways when our own desires, our own lusts have given birth, have conceived and given birth to sin. And Lord, where that's happened, we come to you right now and we want to turn away from it. We want to repent, knowing that as we repent, you cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Lord, we also want to give you thanks right now for every good and perfect gift in our lives because we know that it all comes from you. It doesn't come from us, it comes by your grace. And so we thank you and we praise you and we honor you no matter our circumstances, that you are a good God. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.